Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, thoughts of giving as the year comes to an end and a tragic fire earlier this year in Paris is on the mind of Bill Warner. But first, as part of our final Minnesota Matters of 2019, the MNN News staff put together some of the top moments and most important events that happened this year in Minnesota. The verbal sparring between President Trump and Minnesota Congresswoman Ilhan Omar escalated in 2019. Congresswoman Omar is an America-hating socialist. Omar said as a Muslim refugee elected to Congress, she is Trump's nightmare. His nightmare is seeing a Somali immigrant refugee rise to Congress. His nightmare is seeing the beautiful mosaic fabric of our country welcome someone like me as their member of Congress home to Minnesota. At his October rally in Minneapolis, Trump asked his supporters in Minnesota, How do you have such a person representing you in Minnesota? I'm very angry at you people right now. Omar had her own message for voters and members of Congress. It is time for us to stop allowing this president to make a mockery out of our Constitution. It's time for us to impeach this president. A war of words and ideals between the president and a Somali-born U.S. congresswoman from Minnesota. And that's part of our year that was. It would be an understatement to call 2019 a tumultuous year at the state's Department of Human Services. The department had already been under scrutiny for data breaches and fraud in its child care assistance program when the commissioner and two deputy commissioners announced in July they were leaving Minnesota's largest state agency, prompting this response from Republican Senator Michelle Benson of Ham Lake. The culture at DHS avoiding responsibility and never being held accountable is the problem. In addition to staffing issues at DHS, an investigation was launched after it was discovered the department overpaid Indian tribes by more than $25 million for medication-assisted therapy treatments covered under Medicaid. State House Republicans, including Representative Nick Zerwas of Elk River, called for immediate action. At some point, you have to stop rearranging the chairs on the Titanic and actually find out what the heck the problem is. In August, Jody Harpstead was appointed commissioner of the department, and in December, Walls announced he was looking for an outside expert to determine if it makes sense to break up the troubled state human services department into separate agencies. And that is part of our year that was. The winter of 2019 came in like a lion with a blast of wicked cold known as the polar vortex. Temperatures ranging from the negative 20s to negative 40s throughout the state of Minnesota. The exhaust just freezes down on that pavement, gets slick, and there are very little things that we can do to remove that. Motors just need to plan on taking some time. We're asking customers if they could in the central Minnesota area, if they could reduce their thermostat down to 55 degrees. That would help really with the overall natural gas system. Semis that have gelled up uh, their engines and they have just uh, stopped dead in their tracks. So it's going to be an interesting mix for people that are out there. As temperatures rise from the record lows of the last few days and the strain on the system goes down, customers can adjust their thermostats as normal. On Wednesday, about 150 homes in the Princeton area lost gas service and crews have begun restoring service to those customers. We haven't seen a cold outburst like this for 
at least a few years, and it's definitely looking like it'll be the coldest of the season so far, and hopefully for the rest of the season as well. Another part of our year that was. To say that 2019 was a challenging year for Minnesota farmers would be an understatement, as Brownfield's Mark Dorenkamp reports. Minnesota State Cattlemen's Association President Mike Landett, a crop and livestock producer from Walnut Grove, says he's ready for 2020. Everybody I've talked to is ready for uh, 2019 to be done and uh, move on. So we got plenty of rain down here with uh, a lot of prevent plant acres in my area. So uh, everybody, at least around here, is just ready to move on. Wet conditions plagued farmers all year, beginning with a planting season that extended well into June and forced a lot of growers in the southwest part of the state to take prevented planting. Redwood County farmer Talana Mathewitz tells Brownfield harvest was tough too. Where there was, you know, weather issues and then because of the weather issues, the wet and not being able to get in fields. On top of poor weather, Minnesota farmers are feeling the pinch of low commodity prices tied mostly to large supplies, trade disruptions, and biofuels policy that has forced multiple ethanol plants in the state to either idle production or shut down entirely. And that's part of our year that was. President Trump wants to win Minnesota in 2020. He's already made several visits to the state since being elected, including stops in Duluth, Rochester, and Burnsville. In October, Trump held a rally in Minneapolis, ratcheting things up significantly. Thank you, Minnesota. This is a great state. We are going to win this state in a very short period of time. But Minnesota DFL Chair Ken Martin said not so fast. Donald Trump and the Republicans need to remember Minnesota has the longest streak of any in the nation of voting for the Democratic presidential nominee. His policies have wreaked havoc on Minnesota's economy. They've wreaked havoc on Minnesotans generally. But state GOP Chair Jennifer Carnahan countered. When you go back and look at the 2016 election cycle, President Trump came very, very close to winning the state. He came within 44,000 votes. In Minneapolis, Trump made it clear to his supporters here and elsewhere. The Democrats' brazen attempt to overthrow our government will produce a backlash at the ballot box, the likes of which they have never, ever seen before in the history of this country. Minnesotans and the rest of the country will make their decision official in November, but until then, Minnesota is up for grabs, and that's part of our year that was. Twenty nineteen was the year Catholics and others of faith in Minnesota bid a final farewell to former Archbishop Harry Flynn. We pray to the Lord. Flynn was orphaned at age twelve. He rose through the ranks and came to Minnesota from Louisiana in nineteen ninety-five. Those who knew him called him a pastor's pastor. It's not just that he remembered our names. He knew us. He loved us. Flynn led his flock through some difficult times, including 9-11. The Cathedral of St. Paul is nearly three-quarters filled for this memorial service. Archbishop Harry Flynn says we must all not forget that God is love. One would want to take that pain away, and one cannot. The pain of the Great Recession subsided for most, but the spiritual suffering of the Catholic Church did not. Flynn led a top committee on pre-sex abuse, but allegations continued surfacing, including on his watch. One survivor said recently, Jesus ordained 12 men at the Last Supper, knowing that one bishop would betray him. This is still happening. And that's part of our year that was. 
2019 was indeed quite a year in Minnesota. When we come back, we'll recap a busy and fun year in sports. That's when Minnesota Matters returns. Don't you wish that getting your child to eat right, move more, and spend less time in front of a screen could be as easy as pushing a button? It might not be that simple, but you do have more power than you know. And you can maximize that power with proven strategies, tips, and tools from the National Institutes of Health's We Can, or Ways to Enhance Children's Activity and Nutrition program. We Can offers all kinds of resources, including fun recipes and activities the family can do together to show you the way to live a healthier lifestyle. We're not saying it's easy. We are saying that it can be done. Take the first step today. Call 1-866-359-3226 for a free We Can Parents Handbook. And be sure to visit the We Can website at wecan.nhlbi.nih.gov for free information, too. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The sports calendar was full of fun, excitement, disappointment, and personal triumph. Our MNN sports staff takes a look back. Thank you, Scott. There were indeed some thrills and chills in the Minnesota sports world in 2019. Let's take a listen. Sets a new major league record. 268 home runs for the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota has knocked off Louisville. The Gophers advance to the second round. The USC Bulldogs are back-to-back national champions. Oh, my heavens. Let the party begin in Buffalo. Partain gloves. Throws. There you go, Minnesota. It's on to Oklahoma City. It just doesn't even seem real at this point right now. It's a dream come true. They want to win, and me coming in is a part of their plan of winning. My job is to make it better. We got an AL Central championship. Intercepted. Gophers got it. It's picked off by Jordan Howden in the end zone. Minnesota has knocked off fifth-ranked Penn State. And a complete coverage by Curse. It's over. The Vikings have come back. Everybody was in their seats, and they brought a great amount of noise and energy all second half, and I guarantee you that made a huge difference on the final drive. One of the top stories of the year was four-time cancer survivor Casey O'Brien finally getting his shot to play in a Big Ten football game for the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. My name is Casey O'Brien, and I am a walk-on placeholder at the University of Minnesota. I am also a four-time cancer survivor. 300 nights in the hospital, surgeries, chemo, everything like that. Your captains for Minnesota, Casey O'Brien has made the trip, the Gopher placeholder. Touchdown, Minnesota Golden Gophers. They lead it 27-0. Next thing you know, we score on that fourth and one, and Coach Black turns around and says, Casey, go. On to hold for this extra point, ladies and gentlemen. Casey O'Brien making his college football debut. Snap there. O'Brien has the hold down. The extra point kick is up, and Casey O'Brien is being patted on the helmet. He's a football player today. What a moment in Piscataway, New Jersey. He has an embrace from P.J. Fleck. I don't think I've hugged a player that long in my entire life. The first thing I said to him was, it was worth it. Everything that I've been through in my life was all worth it for that. It was a summer of fun for Minnesota Twins fans who got to watch a home run record-setting team win the American League Central Division. 
an all-time single-game Twins record with eight home runs in one game. Three-homer night, Kepler. Nelson Cruz with three homers tonight. Stay hot, Nelly. Whoa. Back-to-back, Polacco and the boom. Gone! A walk-off for And the Twins win it. Ground ball to third. Might be three. On ice, steps, second one, the return. Triple play! Garber's second sets a new major league record. 268 home runs for the Minnesota Twins. Grand slam, Sano! Backhanded by Sano. Steps on third one, second two, and the return. Another triple play! Unbelievable! It's been some kind of day. Most birthdays are, I get a beautiful card from my girlfriend, my family, all my friends, and those are great days. I got all of that today, and we got an AL Central Championship. Something that I was looking for, I worked all my all season, spring training, doing the season to get to this point. Thank God. The college basketball world turned its attention to downtown Minneapolis this past April for the NCAA men's basketball Final Four. We are fully staffed, ready to go. Our plans and visions are now enacted, and we do expect $142 million of economic impact from this event. The purple-accented turf inside U.S. Bank Stadium has been replaced by a rectangle of hardwood surrounded by seemingly endless rows of seats. More than 70,000 people are expected to cram the venue for the semifinal and finals games. I was getting texts from fellow House members who I wasn't sure they even knew my name, and apparently we were best buds. I was amazing. I honestly didn't think it was going to be full because it was about 30 minutes before the game started and it was halfway full but I mean by the time we came back out it was completely packed and it was just crazy seeing all those people there just watching the game. What a fabulous host city Minneapolis has been and Virginia with the all-time turnaround title. That's unbelievable. Uh, I'm at a loss of words really. Is it as good as you thought it'd be? It's even better. Another part of our year that was. And that's our look back at all of the top moments in Minnesota in 2019. I'll be back with a unique story on giving at the end of the year. That's when Minnesota Matters returns. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. With the public's help, law enforcement officers around the state are providing care on the go packages to help those experiencing homelessness. I recently spoke with DPS Assistant Commissioner Booker Hodges about the program. Well, you know, the care on the go program is designed to provide um, those who are experiencing homelessness with uh, some with some basic necessities such as a hand sanitizer, uh, soap, deodorant. Uh, travel size toothpaste, toothbrushes, wipes, uh, a small bottle of water, um, T-shirts and socks. Um, obviously, you know we're not looking to solve homelessness with this, but if we're able to provide those in need with uh, some basic necessities, um, that's the least we can do, especially in the, the winter time. In terms of how you get these items to the folks that need them, how does that work? Yes, yeah, so what, what we'll do is once people donate the items, uh, DPS employees are going to pack them up, and uh, we're going to distribute them to uh, all of our state troopers, our BCA agents, our alcohol and gambling enforcement agents, and any other DPS staff member that wants to carry these kits with them. And when they encounter a person who's experiencing homelessness, we'll be able to provide them uh, with, with one of the Care on the Go packs. And in terms of what the public can do to help you out, what are you asking for the public to do? 
Uh, we're asking for the public to uh, consider making some donations for these items so we can uh, get as many kits as possible. Uh, so if people want to donate uh, white T-shirts, uh, white or black tube socks, uh, personal size body wash, deodorant, shampoos, toothbrushes, toothpaste, uh, small travel size wipes, um, the 8-ounce bottles of water are what we're looking for to put in the kits, uh, some granola bars, uh, protein bars, or some Ziploc baggies. Uh, those are will be used to make the Karen to go kits. And this is something that's that's occurring statewide, is that right? Yes. Yep, so if people want to make donations, uh, we're accepting them at all of our BCA locations throughout Minnesota. Any driver's license exam station uh, throughout the state of Minnesota and any of our uh, Minnesota State Patrol District locations and also here at our DPS Central location in St. Paul. And if folks want to find a, a list of potential locations, where would they go? Yes, they can go to our uh, Department of Public Safety uh, website or our Facebook page. If you don't mind, can you tell me a little bit about what the origin of this program is? I mean, who came up with the idea, and, and when did it start uh, being put into practice? Um, actually, um, I came up, so I was in church. This was like two years ago, um, and my church was doing something similar. I mean, at the time, I was the undersheriff at the Ramsey County Sheriff's Office, so I thought, well, you know, this is good, great that we're doing this on the church level, but how about we take this to a bigger level? So I brought it to the Ramsey County Sheriff's Office, and there what we did was we had the public make the same types of donations, and we provided the kits to uh, inmates who, once they got released, if they were experiencing homelessness, we provided them with these kits. So when I came over as the Assistant Commissioner for the Minnesota Department of Public Safety, this is something that I've always wanted to do statewide, and what a better, um, I couldn't think of a better thing to do for our, our citizens throughout the state. Because homelessness um, is experienced throughout all of Minnesota, so and we're a statewide agency, so what better project that we could do to assist those who are experiencing homelessness? And I'm curious, have you gotten feedback from uh, recipients of these uh, sort of care-on-the-go packages in terms of what is their reaction when, when they're given these things? Yes, uh, when I was in Ramsey, at Ramsey County Sheriff's Office, people were grateful when they got these kits. Because uh, typically when someone was released from jail, all they got was the items that they had brought into jail with them. Um, and I know personally when I've handed these packs out to people uh, signing at the end of freeway entrances, they've been extremely grateful, uh, particularly for the uh, socks and the T-shirts. So people have been very grateful that um, to receive these kits, the ones who've gotten them. All right. Very good, Assistant Commissioner. And maybe one more reminder for folks where they can donate. Yes, you can donate at any of our two BCA locations, any of our driver's license exam locations. So most people who've had teenage drivers or people who have went to take driver's tests should know where our driver's exam stations are. Yes. Um, or you can donate at any of our Minnesota State Patrol District headquarters, which are in um share the same buildings as our Department of Transportation folks also. So, And if people want, they can also uh, go on our website, at, um, the DPS website or Facebook page, and see the locations there also. Thank you to my guest, DPS Assistant Commissioner Booker Hodges. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Who might you save? 
Your mother, your father, your husband, uncle, aunt, son. Learn fast. F-A-S-T. The sudden signs of a stroke and you could save. Your friend, your best friend, teacher, boss, coach. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. F-A-S-T. Face, arm, speech, time. That's F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. The sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in the recovery of... Your neighbor, the waiter, a fellow shopper, a total stranger, grandmother, grandfather... So learn F-A-S-T, the sudden signs of a stroke, then pass it on, because you never know who might save you. Your wife, your colleague, teammate, mother. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. A good number of Minnesotans have been spending time in church this holiday week, but across the ocean there was no Christmas Mass at a famous church for the first time since the French Revolution. MNN's Bill Werner recalls the day the world almost lost one of its dearest structures on, of all things, Tax Day 2019, a day when President Trump was in Minnesota for quite a different reason than to mark the near destruction of a sacred space. Many people in our state and around the world, I suspect, shed tears and probably prayed as they watched a substantial portion of the great cathedral of Notre-Dame-de-Paris go up in flames, up to the heavens which it seeks. Even those whom some accuse of being without moral conviction, it seemed, honestly acknowledged the tremendous loss. It's one of the uh, great treasures of the world, uh, the greatest artists in the world. Probably, if you think about it, it might be greater than almost any museum in the world, and it's burning very badly. It looks like it's burning to the ground. So, yes. so uh, that is uh, beyond countries. That's beyond anything. That's a part of our, our growing up. It's a part of our culture. It's a part of our lives. That's a, a truly great cathedral. And I've been there, and I've seen it, and there's no cathedral. I think I could say there's probably no cathedral in the world like it. It's a, tar- it's a terrible scene. It's a terrible sight to behold. It is an inescapable coincidence that one of our most pious edifices was partially transformed into ash in the interval in which Christendom celebrated Holy Week. Jesus' statement has particular relevance here. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Notre Dame was wilderness when he acceded to the destruction of the temple of his body. But in our time, it took much less than three days to rend a significant part of a structure which has lorded over Paris of the Sin for nearly halfway back to the time of Jesus Christ.
The destruction of a sacred space is unsettling, to say the least. And despite formidable pledges to restore Notre Dame, some lament it will not be possible to bring back the years which sanctified that place, the dirt and the grime of the human way, which even so brought glory with it. This is what makes Notre Dame a sacred place, and what, by extension, makes everything outside its now blackened walls sacred as well. People of religious faith know that the world is, is maintained um, every day by the same force that created it. Kentucky farmer and philosopher Wendell Berry in a conversation with Bill Moyers a few years back. It's an article of my faith and belief that all creatures live by breathing God's breath and participating in His Spirit. And this means that the whole thing's holy, the whole shooting match. There are no sacred and unsacred places. There are only sacred and desecrated places. Our homes, our land, our streets and towns, where grand designs are conceived and sometimes even brought to fruition, where children are reared in a cacophony of laughter and tears, and finally a place which becomes sanctified of its own accord, reserved for ourselves, where one can peer back and perhaps make peace with the wholeness of a life, and finally, where one can go to die. And so, how many places like Notre Dame, sanctified with our very selves, how many places have we abandoned and let fall out of our care, and thus not loved part of ourselves, even as the forces of time bring those places, and us, back to our home. Bill Werner on the Minnesota News Network. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening. Please have a safe and happy new year, and please tune us in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station. Minnesota.